the daddies are back and we made you some content. You this literally week, fucking did it. Yeah, I did. This week, we talk about what was, I guess, E3? I don't know. It was kind of weird. We mo- it's mostly just the Bethesda and Xbox conference. But, you know, there's some good, some good-ish in there. And then, to reference that opening line that Chris told me not to say, but I did it anyway, we talk about Bo Burnham's new Netflix special, Inside, and how great and depressing it is at the same time. And then, the ultimate tease. We make some not really special, special announcements with you. Yeah, that we do. You you did like 80% of it. Yep. So, enjoy! Hayden, we are uh, we're a couple of newly minted roommates, right? Yeah, buddy. So uh, we just got done eating a, a seafood Alfredo that I made for dinner, and uh, that means that I am currently locked in a gamble with my own stomach on whether or not I took enough lactate. So if we stop immediately, uh, or there's a weird break in the recording, uh, that's why. Yeah, so we're we're either going to find out together in the middle of this recording or I'm going to find out alone at 5 o'clock in the morning when I wake up in a cold sweat. Good luck. Yeah, uh, so on uh, on a different topic. Entirely. Uh, <laughs> but related to being roommates. So E3 is going on, right? Yes. And uh, when are, when are we going to when are we going to go in on a PS5 together? Uh I can hit up a coworker and see if he's still selling them. Oh no, is he a scalper? Do you know a scalper and you haven't broken his knees? Yeah. And that's, no. uh, that's awful. You should get on that. No. No. <laughs> but yeah, we do kind of need to get one because um, not E3 related. I want to play the new Ratchet and Clank. Um, and we don't have a PS5, so we got to get our shit together. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that uh, so we're we're recording this on Monday night, which means we haven't seen Nintendo yet because their stuff is tomorrow. Uh, but there hasn't been a whole lot of really exciting announcements so far, and so my mind is still kind of on getting a hold of PlayStation exclusive games. Yeah, has there been what you could deem an exciting announcement? Uh, I'm sure for some people there is. I, for me, and I think you know. I'm, and I mean that as a, oh, something we didn't already know was either in the works or coming. Like, has anything completely new been announced? Uh, I mean, I know some people that are pretty into Sea of Thieves, so I think that DLC announcement was probably pretty exciting. Okay. But other than that, I, I think that's pretty much it. I guess Starfield getting a release date is kind of big. Yeah, but they didn't show anything for that. Like, we got a CG trailer. Oh, uh, Outer Worlds 2. But that was Yeah, I guess if you're you're a big Outer Worlds fan, that was was a pretty cool announcement. I'm not, but I'm sure somebody is. Because, like, I'd love to say Psychonauts 2 was big, but, like, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know it was in, like, three months. But that's awesome. I'm super excited for that. Yeah, so we got a release date for Psychonauts 2, but like you said, that's something we've known is coming for a while. Yeah. Also, um, so I, I mean, most of our stuff's going to be around the Microsoft or the Xbox and Bethesda conference cuz one, I didn't watch the Ubisoft one, but I don't think I missed anything. Yeah, I I also didn't because I have uh, been rapidly becoming a uh 
an opponent to Ubisoft. Not even not a fan, but actively disliking. Um, but from what I've heard, yeah, there wasn't really anything there because they are consistently ignoring the Splinter Cell fan base. And, uh, I mean, we got a new Mario and Rabbids game announced, which wasn't a bad game, but is still something that I'm even more baffled by than the entire concept of Kingdom Hearts. Well, I was going to say, that was the only thing that broke through my Twitter timeline about that conference, was that game. And I think that was actually because someone in our Discord was talking about it. And I went, oh, cool. That's the only thing worth mentioning about this conference? Ouch. Right. So I'm I'm curious if we're just in and and I think PlayStation they still have an event coming but it's going to be separate from E3. They're not they're not part of that whole thing in, you know, whatever form E3 is doing this year. So I'm not sure if we are just in a post console launch slump or if we are just now seeing the bulk of the effect that COVID has had on the industry as well as um, the disaster that the cyberpunk release was where now developers seem more ready to push things back and delay to make sure they aren't the next cyberpunk. I think what it is more than anything is that we're still, in, we have the consoles haven't been out for a year yet. And we're still in that. If you want a game that is made well, specifically for the next gen console, we haven't had enough time. And that's why with all these Microsoft or Xbox releases being set for sometime either early or mid, uh, I said, it, sometime in 2022 uh, makes sense. Because once we get to 2022, I think it's, we're going to be more in the, uh, okay, now we're getting true next, next gen games that are utilizing the hardware they have. Um, and I think we're going to continue to get more and more at least from the Xbox side, we're going to find out what more of these developers have been doing that Microsoft has bought over the last couple of years. Because we, we're still waiting on some some games from some of those studios that they've bought. Yeah, and to that point, a lot of stuff that Microsoft announced at their conference was slated for 2022. Like, we don't have a whole lot to look forward to for the rest of this year. Uh, the I don't biggest know about thing that. being Halo Infinite. And Psychonauts 2. And, and Battlefield, because Battlefield's being pushed as the Xbox console game now. Did you, did you Look, notice I'm that? Gonna, I'm going to be honest. I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I'm just not playing enough video games anymore. The fact that Battlefield is not going to be on Game Pass means I'm probably at never launch. going to play it. It will I be mean, eventually. Yeah. Because if it comes to Game Pass, I'll play it. But if it doesn't, then I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to spend $60 for a multiplayer-only video game. Fair, but I will. <laughs> Mostly because <laughs> I have had the biggest hankering to play me some Battlefield, but I kind of don't like playing the non-modern ones because I'm, I am a scrub. So not getting a modern sight on a weapon causes me great discomfort. And <laughs> that for that reason, a semi-futuristic battlefield i'm like yes 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 pump that shit into my veins please yeah i was actually a pretty big fan of battlefield one but i i had a, a small group of friends that i actually played it with i would not have had as much fun if i was doing it alone uh but it looks dope like i i, I hope i can play 2042 battlefield 
Uh, but again, I'm just, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to be in a position where I want to spend that kind of money on it. Because I'm not as big a fan of the Battlefield franchise as you are. Man, you are, well, I, let's, let's hold off there. I loved 3 <laughs> okay. and Bad Company and Bad Company 2. Those are the three that I liked. And then I haven't played, I really haven't played one since. Like, I played one and what was this, what was this last one called? The World War Two one? Oh, uh, yeah, fuck, I, I don't even know. Was it Battlefield 5? It might have been. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I mean, I played those two. I actually think I bought Battlefield 1, which, you know, why? I barely played it. Uh, oh, I got it when it's on sale. I like them. I love the different, well, they've, they've kind of gone away from that Battlefield 3 feel, which I liked a lot. And I'm hoping, it looks like they're going to go back to it a little bit, but... You are you already know that if you go, oh, I'll play it, and but I don't want to buy it. Andre will buy it for you. <laughs> well, I don't like putting people in that position, especially when for the last year I haven't been allowed to exist at times that let me play games with people. True, but if we're all, if all, if the majority of our gaming group gets it, and you're the only one without it, either Andre or Jackson will buy that for you, and they won't even ask. They'll just go, oh yeah, I bought it for you. <laughs> That's a good point. The perks of being uh, so, you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so let I, I've got I've got an IGN article open that uh, is a collection of like all the announcements from the Microsoft conference. So I'm just gonna go down the list here and see what you thought of some stuff. Okay. Um, you you watched the conference alone. I watched it with a couple friends. Uh, so the game that they, uh, they for for some reason this article is like out of order, but the game that they ended the conference with was a new game from Arcane, which uh you know, showing the fruits of their big dick wallet in regards to buying Bethesda. This is going to be an Xbox exclusive title from Arcane. Uh, it's a vampire co-op shooter called Redfall. What'd you think about that? Granted, we only got a CG trailer, so we don't know how gameplay works other than like some kind of party co-op system. But what'd you think? So first, my, my initial, my first impression was meh. But the more I, I watched the trailer again, and uh, watched it. Hassan was streaming like highlights of it, and I was so I was watching his stream when he was talking about it, and some of uh, just other thoughts, people in his chat, and uh, and what he was saying got me thinking about it more. And I'm like, it it looks very promising, mostly because and it goes. To, this is a thing that um, a criticism that I always seem to say about these conferences and gaming industry as a whole is we never get any new IP. And then when I see a new IP, and I know why, this is why we never see them, is because when I see that trailer, my initial reaction was, eh, mid, you know? But then looking at it again, I'm like, I, there is some promising stuff in there. Now, granted, like, they're doing, it doesn't look like it's a, a completely original concept. It kind of looked like a, almost like an Evolve-style combat system of like specialized characters but not fighting one monster fighting different enemies with abilities that it might be kind of like left for dead multiplayer where they're also being controlled who knows but i'm i'm very interested to see what more comes out about that game yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of uh the anachronisms going on in the trailer where like you've got people talking in modern slang with modern attitude, but they're also, like, using old-timey witch powers while also carrying 
AK-47s, but they're fighting vampires. I dig that style. And also, the older I get, the more I realize I'm still just a middle school girl, and I'm a slut for a vampire narrative. Uh, <laughs> but if Arcane Studios wasn't behind this, I would not be excited until I see gameplay. But I am a big fan of Arcane, so I am excited to see more. As I, I think the only... I've only played... Um, what's the Assassin game? Dishonored. I've only played the first Dishonored. Um, and because I suck at the game, did not, wasn't like, oh my god, this game's amazing. I still liked it, don't get me wrong, and it was good, but because of my own uh, faults in playing video games, didn't probably enjoy it as much as I should have, and I played it way after it came out, so a lot of the shit was dated. Um, Fair. But I really liked how their combat did work when it worked. And so I'm very interested, like I said, I'm very interested to see a modern shooter adaption and see exactly where they go with that. Because the visuals, I at first, I was like, uh, but then it, it has an interesting color palette. And I'm, I, I yeah, I want to see more. Yeah, in regards to the active, or the uh, uh, modern shooter, uh, they, Arcane does have another game coming out that is going to be, uh, an FPS title called Deathloop that was announced to be a PlayStation exclusive before Xbox bought Bethesda. Uh, so I think it's a timed exclusive on PlayStation. Uh, it'll come to other consoles eventually, but at launch it'll be P- P- PS5 exclusive. Maybe maybe PS4 too, I'm not sure. I'm very much looking forward to Deathloop, so you might check that out before Redfall comes out. I didn't know that that was Arcane, because I'm also yeah. very... I, I, I was like, that's the game we need a PS5 for. Yeah, yeah. Right now it's Demon Souls and Deathloop. That's that's my PS5 wish list. Uh, so yeah, going down. Uh, Diablo two remaster. Fucking whatever. I don't care. Someone's really excited for that. Maybe. Um, I I don't have any strong feelings about this, but uh, the Stalker two release date Dude, announcement. Um, that looks. I, I'm I'm about it. Okay, that's interesting because I wanted to bring it up because I don't fucking care. I, I know, but I don't. Be- I don't know. I don't know anything about Stalker. I haven't seen anything about Stalker. I haven't played the first one. But sitting there and watching that like ten minute long trailer, I didn't see anything in there that made me think this was more than just a generic FPS game. Okay, so, so sell okay. me now. If I if this information turns out to be incorrect, you can blame. Hasanabi on Twitch because I got this from he was talking about this. He was saying on his stream why he was so excited for it is that Stalker is like the original uh horror shooter game in that vein, not like a Resident Evil zombie game, but like the but like a fear. Like, like the fear style, yeah. And that's cuz it's it I saw this I'm like this looks just like Metro. The Metro games. And I fucking love the Metro games. So seeing that I'm like, "Oh, this looks dope as hell, where it's just kind of like, you know, a survival shooter, but then you're also having to deal with weird alien shit, and I love that aesthetic in games, and just being around, I guess the whole, like, premise of the Stalker games, or at least what Stalker 2's somewhat gonna be about, is, uh, like, the, the Chernobyl experiment, or meltdown was actually, it's like an alternate universe where the Chernobyl meltdown was actually them like experimenting on people and 
everything got fucked up and like exper- things got out and then radiation got out and that led to all the stuff. It's like an alternate world where that's what's going on. Um, so that is interesting to me. And now, granted, in the game, the actual very little gameplay we saw, that motherfucker had the best aimbot I've ever seen in a game trailer because <laughs> he was just hit firing people across like a hundred yards. In a video game, I'm like, what the fuck? That never happened. But <laughs> I, I was, I was, I'm very excited for that. Surprisingly, okay. I didn't think I would be, and then I saw a trailer. I'm like, nah, this is my shit. Yeah, I, I might have to pick up Stalker One and see if it's for me. But that trailer I, just didn't wow me. Any. You, you might, you might as well just play a Metro game because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm pretty sure the first Stalker game's old as hell. Oh, okay. Let me. Let me look that right up here. Oh uh, yeah, it's okay. It came out in two thousand seven, so it's not crazy oh, well, old. But well, that's fourteen years now. I mean, that's when Halo Three came out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean it'll be bad, but could be could be pretty janky. Oh, it's um, by oh, see, it's a by a Ukrainian game dev, so you it's gonna be good. <laughs> oh, is that is that what that means? Yeah. I mean, why okay. do you think, uh, what's that survival, like, uh, Battle Royale game that people play? Uh, the... Escape from Tarkov. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All, like, Metro. All those Russian, yeah, I don't even know if, if Metro is made by Russian or Eastern European devs, but there's nothing for the, as, as Hassan was also saying, there's nothing for them to do over there except, like, put all this <laughs> crazy time into their games. That's awful. <laughs> That's enough uh, okay, so Hassan Piker content, I'm sorry. <laughs> going down the list, um, you probably heard me react to this, but I fucking lost it when they revealed a Top Gun-themed expansion for the Microsoft <laughs> yeah. Flight Sim. You're like, fucking Jets, dude. <laughs> I, just, I don't understand. The Flight Sim game, like, I mean, A, it's supposed to be a flight simulator, so, like, super realistic. I kind of get it, but it feels weird to me to, like, have fighter jets in that game and like a top gun tie-in like this is the future right this is 20 years later we are back in the saddle of movie tie-in games except now they're not dedicating an entire game shipping it out to some shovelware studio to make for fucking finding nemo instead we are getting pirates of the caribbean and top gun themed dlc for our games that are actually good it's come full circle hasn't it yeah, no more. And, and I mean, uh, escape from Madagascar it, movies or escape. To it doesn't Madagascar. look bad. I mean, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, it's just adding more, more like aircraft to the flight sim, so it can't be bad. But it, just, it was, it was weird. It caught me off guard, and I, I had to put myself back together after it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have that strong feelings. I was like, cool. That was it. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and there was a, there was a lot of uh, Fallout seventy six content actually. I, right? Uh, I'm like, is Fallout 76 Bethesda, good now? Bethesda is holding on to that and trying to build trust again. I actually don't doubt that it's probably pretty good now. Um, and honestly, the story of that new DLC seems very interesting. It had, it almost felt very uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the or the Old Republic, the MMO, of like, choose good or evil. Uh, and how they were 
they were trying to divide the two sides of the Brotherhood. But I'm a Brotherhood of Steel simp, so you bring them in, I'm like, oh, what? The Brotherhood? Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it was a Brotherhood of Steel stuff, and then they also teased uh, an expansion bringing players to the pit. Again, which, which is wild, because it's like the <laughs> one location that they introduced through DLC that I feel like I'm surprised that they've not tried to go back to later because it was good. I thought the story content of it, of that Fallout 3, I think it was a Fallout 3 DLC, was okay, but I would have loved to have seen them do more with it. So seeing them go back, I'm I'm intrigued to uh, see what all that content entails. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't, I don't care it, about 76. But I'm curious. Uh, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious this episode. Sure. Uh, and then other than that, I would say the main star of the show was everything coming to Game Pass. Yes. Holy shit. Uh, because some of the stuff, like a lot of the announcements were games you could already play, games we already know exist, but that they are now coming to Game Pass. And almost every title shown off is going to be day one game pass uh very exciting stuff you know we're we're big fans of game pass here we're big proponents for it um so like for instance uh yakuza 7 is coming to game pass which means the entire yakuza series is now going to be available in game pass very cool that's kind of crazy that's so many games like i'm going to play it at some point i'm currently playing uh metro exodus uh, and then I don't know what's next on my, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to complete cyberpunk at some point, but <laughs> I, I do have the Yakuza games on my, on my short list of things to try and play, which should probably shouldn't be on the short list. Cause there's like seven games. Yeah. Um, and actually eight because, uh, Yakuza zero. Oh shit. Uh, Hades is coming to game pass. If you haven't played Hades yet, there you go. Boom. Very good game. Very good game. Uh, Slime Rancher 2 uh, not only announced as an Xbox exclusive but also day one game pass people were very excited about that on Twitter and I was kind of surprised people like Slime Rancher I played it for like 10 minutes and was like I understand what kind of game this is it's not my thing but I totally get why people like it because it's got that oh I just spent a billion hours in uh, Stardew Valley kind of vibes yeah no, I, I haven't played it myself but that's the vibe I've gotten and I feel like if I got into it, I, I would spend entirely too much time stuck in there. Oh, yeah. You you should not play that game. <laughs> that uh, is a time so, crunch waiting to happen. Uh, the, uh, the unfortunate thing for me about the show was they didn't put much of a spotlight whatsoever on Halo. Yeah. Like, we, like for, for the show itself, we got a sizzle reel for the multiplayer. And that was it. Yeah, but it and, was spicy as fuck, though. And it could be that they're a little gun-shy about showing it off on a big stage after the response it got last year, which I think ultimately led to its year-long delay, which is probably a good thing. Um, and instead, they are showing off stuff throughout the week on Halo Waypoint. Um, but I, I wish they had given it time during the show itself because the stuff that we have seen so far in regards to the deep dive on the multiplayer, I think it looks very promising. I'm excited. Well, well, the only thing I would say is that I'm pretty sure 343 had come out and said, 
that, or Xbox had come out, one of the two had come out and said that they were really only going to show multiplayer stuff at E3. That that was all, they, they set that, if you, well, if you weren't able to see that, you wouldn't have known, but I did, I had heard word that that is really all that was going to be shown. So from that perspective, they did deliver on that. Um, I loved the ranging reactions to uh, baby Cortana, <laughs> aka no more boobies Cortana, and I'm like, oh, yeah, here new we Tana, go. As I call gamer's it. gonna gamer, new Tana versus Hag Tana. I kind of liked how quirky she was. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I I hope that ironically they didn't pull a bungee and actually killed Cortana off screen. There's got to be more to it than that, please, please. That yeah, there will there will be. I I'm pretty confident. I was very interested that they hinted that as a storyline because I didn't even think. I thought that was going to be like single player content they dropped later, dealing with the stuff with Cortana and the Awoken. I can't remember what they call them now. The AIs that are like a part of. Oh yeah, Cortana's shit. There's a name for them. Uh, so that was kind of interesting to see that, and to not to put it more on uh the that storyline rather than uh showing more of the banished. But can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact the fucking choppers back, baby? Yeah. So I wanted to point out. I think that uh you know part of the reason that I wish they had shown more of Halo is because it it feels to me. Like, A, we are back to form with Halo, which you can see in something like the chopper coming back and looking classic and sick as hell. Um, the gameplay we saw in the multiplayer deep dive was very cool. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of this is Halo kind of coming full circle with Microsoft, where over the last few years, as Microsoft kind of went downhill as a company, Halo kind of went downhill as a franchise. People lost interest. Four and five were not that good. But I think we're about to have a renaissance. This looks very promising. And I think, like, Microsoft is putting the eggs in the basket of Halo again. Halo 6 is leading the charge in regards to setting the tone for this generation of Xbox consoles. And I think they're going to pull it off. But with it coming so close, like it being the flagship title for Microsoft's launch this year, I wish they put it more at the forefront. But, I, yeah, but I also, to the point you just made of it being the flagship of that's what making the multiplayer free-to-play is such a big move like if you yeah, have sure. if you have a pc or an xbox you can play halo multiplayer like with that's, each other yeah like that's huge um one thing i i will know that I, I that i took away from seeing a lot of the the gameplay of the multiplayer is it looks like they've done a good job of meshing the newer, faster-paced, movement-oriented oriented combat of 5. Because 5's movement is kind of wild. It's not like uh, uh, Titanfall or Apex level, like, glide, like you know, smoothness. But there's you can move fast as hell in that game. But they, like, toned that down a bit. But also kept some of the more, like, trick shot things that you could do. Or more interesting things but still, it still has that traditional Halo arena combat feel, you know? Like, seeing seeing the weapons and grenades and stuff just bouncing off stuff, but done very tactically, I'm like, that 
looks very modern, but also very Halo. And I'm I want to get my ha- I want to get in the flight so bad whenever they have it, so I can get my hands on it as soon as possible. But I'm really looking forward. To- I love what they said too in that deep dive that came out today about how when vehicles come in, they don't just spawn. They're kind of like get dropped in. And same with uh, like when power weapons spawn, they're uh, like ODST or whatever, they're, they're drop pod dropped in. Kind of like how they done in 4 and 5, but it feels more Halo-y than it just being like, oh, look, ordnance up. And then it just appears in a drop pod, not actually like get shot down from the sky. Yeah. Uh, and that blending of the modern and classic is is a uh, something I have a hard time reconciling, at least in, when it comes to four and five. Oh, uh, okay. particularly in the control schemes. Like I, I don't have an issue with Halo having a sprint button. I think that's that's a totally fine addition to bring Halo up to a modern shooter standard. But it doesn't mesh that well when my brain is still wired for Halo Three, and I want to play on the closest control scheme to halo 3 but then it's just a bit off that it really throws my gameplay when like the equipment has to be on this button and the sprint has to be on this button so then my ads is on this button and it really fucks me up and i'm and I'm also curious how halo 6 is going to feel on a mouse and keyboard because i think it's fair to say both of us are going to play on pc yeah but i'll still be using a controller <laughs> uh, okay yeah i mean when when they brought the master chief collection to console or to PC, I was playing on a controller because those games were designed for controller in mind. It feels better on a controller. And I, I am interested to see how Halo 6 is going to feel when they clearly have both platforms in mind. It really is going to depend on how many inputs there are for, like, sprinting, using equipment, crouching jump, you know, how, how many inputs there are. Is it going to be, like, hero shooters where you can have every all your abilities keyed to like three buttons that are easy to do okay i'll i might try out mouse and keyboard is the uh aim assist gonna be cracked like it has been on pc game pass uh i'm using the controller (laughs) (laughs) that was the main reason why i was using controllers because there was a time where the uh the aim assist was busted as fuck and you just like your aim was absurd with the controller yeah uh, and something we actually talked about on the podcast last week when we were doing our video game 3x3s. Uh, you know, Halo 3 is a game very close to both of our hearts. And, you know, this game is still going to have Forge mode. You could assume it's going to be a very robust Forge mode. Uh, and I hope that uh, them embracing the PC community, Microsoft being reborn as a company, essentially, uh, and just the growing excitement around Halo 6, I hope that we can have a decently healthy community that'll stick around for a while and we'll have some fun custom games and we can we can move on from having to suckle on the teat of nostalgia that is Halo 3 custom games, you know? Oh, see, uh, that's where I kind of differ from you a little bit, kind of even with back what you said about, like, the control. The, the me- I, Did you say you were kind of skeptical of seeing the mesh stuff with 4 and 5? Yeah. Okay, see, I, I actually, by the time I got to 5, I really liked the just, the feel of combat in 5. I didn't like how the guns sounded, but I I was about 5's multiplayer. And so, kind of meshing those to me, I'm kind of 
giddy as a schoolgirl over here just waiting for that. Um, oh, shit. I already forgot the other point. What was I saying before that? <laughs> I, I was talking about custom games in the community. Oh, five, 5 actually has a really good has really good custom games. Just no one, plays, okay. no one plays the game, so no one plays them. The amount of yeah. crazy shit you can do in Halo 5 custom games now is, is wild. I've watched some people do some like gameplay videos or let's plays of them, and there's some very original stuff that like if we were play- if that was what we grew up with, we'd have like almost the same kind of leveled up uh, uh experiences uh if that's what we had now instead of Halo three. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I hope that transfers. I hope Halo six will be even better in regards to its forge and custom game settings. And uh, I, I hope that we as a group of friends can come together and have that experience again. Especially, you know, again, like our friend group has moved on from consoles to PC. So, you know, we're all already on here. And even if we weren't, if somebody still had an Xbox, you can do cross-platform with Halo 6. I think it's a very exciting time to be a Halo player. And I hope the community is healthy and thriving. Yeah. it Only time will tell. That flight will be all important whenever... They didn't announce that, I don't think, right? When that first flight's gonna happen? Yeah, I don't think so. They just said on the deep dive that uh, just like the MCC flights, you could go on Waypoint and register for Halo Infinite flights. So we should do that and tell everyone you know to do that. Already am, baby. I'm probably not. I doubt it's uh, automatic opt-in, but uh, I should check on it. So, I mean, that that's about all we have for E3 right now. Bro, um, bro, you're like gonna said, just skip oh. over... How fucking sexy Forza Horizon 5 looked. I, man, okay. I don't give a fuck. You go. I don't either. I don't either. That (laughs) game looked so fucking gorgeous. It was kind of insulting. I mean, they always do. That's the thing about console launches is they, they have to come with a racing game because racing games are always the best looking graphics you could possibly get on a console. That's why it's insulting. a racing game is the sizzle reel for the next gen. And Forza Horizon does look phenomenal. Even though, you know, we, we know by now, it's probably running on a high-end PC. The stuff we show at the show is not actually running on an Xbox, but it will still look very good. Yes. <laughs> so can I, can I move on now? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, Nintendo's tomorrow. I'm excited about Nintendo. Uh, Sony's at some point. I forget if we have a date for that. Uh, I'm just gonna be sad about that until we get a PS5. You know when 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 it restocks. I'm calling it now. New fighter in Smash is gonna be Sora. No, that's my I, shot. I think there's too much copyright issue with exactly. the Disney characters. And I don't think I'm calling they. Uh, I don't think they would do Sora if they couldn't have Donald and Goofy with them. It'd be pretty cool though. I think he'd fit right in. Um, I, yeah, I think I think uh the new Smash Fighter that's a pretty good possibility. I personally hope to see more Breath of the Wild two. Probably not a lot. If they show anything at all, probably still won't be a lot. We're we're still probably a bit a ways off of that. I would be shocked if we got a release date that wasn't a general twenty twenty two. Um, other than that, I don't know what to expect from Nintendo. Yeah, I I really don't know what 
I, I, I really don't know what we're gonna see. Maybe, maybe we finally, if it's even happening, see something from me- the new Metro or Metroid. Yeah, Metroid. Yeah. I pro- maybe. Cool. I don't know. I don't even know if that game's still happening. Yeah, it it is definitely still happening. But yeah, who knows how far along it is? Uh, uh, Arms two would be pretty cool for me. I hope Arms two is happening. Oh, I know. Um, if you don't give me a new goddamn Mario baseball game. I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Give me more of that. Mario Strikers 2. Uh we're getting a new golf game. We better not. We're gonna see something of that. Could they announce a new Pokemon game? Uh, you know, maybe we see more from Legends of Arceus. Are Arceus? Well, I thought we Arceus? just saw some more of that. I mean, recently. we got an announcement during like the Pokemon. Oh, they announced Direct. when it's releasing. Uh yeah, maybe we'll see some gameplay. Or just another cinematic trailer, like a story trailer. Yeah. But uh, other than that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we know Splatoon 3 is happening. Uh, it, it, it's a wild card. Yeah. And then with, uh, with PlayStation, the only thing I really care about from them right now is the new God of War. Which we will probably won't see anything because they pushed it back. Yeah. At least, at least like a CG trailer. Maybe we'll get some a- new IP. Who knows? I just want to see Daddy Kratos again, please. <laughs> Take me into your loving embrace, Father. Yeah, that's that's pretty well, that's that's pretty much everything. That's our E three E three recap. Yeah. So speaking of a loving embrace, oh boy, here we go. Uh, the other thing we want to touch on is uh, you know, the new sensation that is uh, surprisingly sweeping the nation is Bo Burnham's new special Inside. I and, I mean, I'll just say it right from the top. This kind of put me into a weird state of depression all of last week that I finally come out of. But, oh my God, is it fucking amazing. Yeah, and the reason I say it's surprising is uh, I, I don't know that Bo's content has ever really resonated on a very big scale. Uh, I mean, like, you haven't seen any of his other specials, right? Like, you've seen bits and pieces, but you haven't sat down and watched anything else? I mean, I couldn't tell you any of his other stuff I'd seen before that. I've seen some stuff post that, uh, but I had not consumed it. I don't think any other Bo Burnham. Oh, I've seen, other than 8th Grade, the movie he directed, Mm. I had not seen any other of his comedy stuff. So your first exposure was Inside more or less to his comedy yeah so what what brought you to it why did you watch it um uh i had heard hassan talk about how good it was i see you just, i you just I let take recommendations to whoever's content i'm watching at the time chris um, <laughs> you just let hassan dictate your media consuming life not oh, no because he does watch <laughs> nearly as much anime as i do let's be real um but I'd, I'd also just heard some good things about it. Well, just, so I'm curious, did you have any expectations going in? No. Uh, other than that, uh, Hassan talking about how, like, it did a really good job of summarizing a lot of feelings a lot of people, pro- a lot of the dark places a lot of people would have been in were in the last year with the pandemic. So I, I knew it was, like, because I know my sister made a con- comment about, yeah, that last part, the last, the ending of it, man, it gets dark. It takes a turn. Uh, so I kind of already knew something like that was going to happen, but 
I mean, I didn't know it was just songs for the most part. I had no idea that's what it was going to be. But I, I mean, I've listened to the album at least four or five times since it came out last Thursday. So, I don't know about album. The, the, all the songs are up on Spotify. And I've listened to them at least four or five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, uh, that, that's kind of something I want to open up the conversation here with is uh, we have... Uh, a truly differing perspective on Bo Burnham's media creation, because I have more or less grown up with Bo Burnham, at least to the extent that, you know, me as a 25 year old man, uh, the last decade of my life, I have been consuming Bo Burnham content and, and not from the earliest days, not certainly from his YouTube days, but from his first stand up special, what, uh, through to make happy and now inside. Um, Bo Burnham being, you know, roughly five years older than both of us, um, is close enough in age that he is seeing the world develop and change in the same ways that we are, but with enough maturity going forward that he is able to analyze those changes and see how they are affecting, you know, people like us and even younger, where he would be more mentally cognizant of the advent of the internet where, you know, at least I'm young enough to say that like, granted, I have memories of the early internet, uh, but I don't have that many memories of a life before the internet. And so his content always has had that kind of edge of growing up in the digital age and the things it does to a person. Uh, because all of his content has had an amount of introspection but when you look through all three of his specials, you can actually see them change and deepen and get more dark and depressing as he goes on, which culminates in Inside, where it's not even all about pandemic times, but even just generally the malaise and depression that our entire generation is feeling in the face of the hopelessness of a world that is slowly dying. Yeah, one of my... Uh... Uh, one of my favorite lines in the whole thing is in the it's in the song "Funny Feeling," and he just he has a line where he just goes twenty thousand years of this, seven more to go," and you're just like, mm, "Yeah, ooh, it could happen. That could that could be what happens, and that's terrifying." Yeah, that was also one of the lines that really resonated with me, and similarly to you, you know. It, when you get done watching the special for the first time, you know, if it resonates with you in the way it did for us, it, it puts you in a state. It gets you thinking. Yeah, I, 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 I love the, one of my favorite lines at the end of turning 30, when he just goes in 2030, I'll be 40. I'll kill myself. then." <laughs> yeah. And then immediately goes into him going, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have thoughts about killing myself. <laughs> He's like, I've had, I've had people, but if you are, if you are thinking about killing yourself, could you just, just not? Just don't. <laughs> don't. Just stop. All right. <laughs> just like, I've had, He's like, I've had people, I've had people in my life that have, that have killed themselves and it wasn't great for me. And it, it's just, Didn't love it. It's so real. Cause you know, it's a joke, but, and it's very dark, a very dark joke, but it's also at the same time like, yeah, I mean, if you, if you know, 
someone that you were close to that has gone through that as much as an awful experience, I'm gonna, I'm not going any further. Actually, I'm gonna stop. But it's a relatable <laughs> feeling, and the fact that he's able to joke about it and it be come across as funny, at least to me, I think is pretty masterful. Yeah, for sure. And that's like like uh, suicide in particular is kind of a motif of his comedy dating back to at least again for my purview to his first stand up well, special. It's where, one like, of the tags on Netflix for the special. Is it really? Yeah, because I've been like, watching it on my on my like, TV. Wait, the tag is literally suicide? Suicide and, like, comedy. <laughs> yeah, like, when I when I watch it on my TV in the top left, it has it has suicide and something else next to it. Let's see what Why happens. Why is that a tag? <laughs> what else is in that category? It's that, 13 Reasons Why, and what else? Why does that exist as a tag? I don't know. I let's see if I can find it. Oh well, in the in the genres, it's stand up comedy and comedies. But when I play it in the top left, it has suicide and something else. I swear to God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, I mean, jokes like that oh. uh, are just oh. kind of a never mind. It's the rating. <laughs> Oh, like content. It has warning. to do with okay. the rating, so it's rated whatever. TVMA for suicide in language. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> oh my god. Uh but yeah, like his his other stuff, uh, like he constantly has jokes about I'm gonna kill myself because like that's just kind of a, a thing that our generation jokes about. Um, you know, you can make your own opinion on how healthy that is. Uh but again, it's 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 scary, but also relatable to see that not go away, but become more nuanced and even in the face of comedy, become more serious. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I can say that, like, as somebody who has been in the depths of depression and has had an amount of suicidal ideation, um, you know, I've been there. I've made those jokes. Not as well as Bo does it. Certainly nowhere near as funny. But, like, Bo Burnham is a mirror that I think we all reflect on in a way. Because he he is speaking truth to power on feelings that uh, our entire generation is going through. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, I think. I think I told you this, of watching... Uh, it's kind of... I think I, I mirrored this in the nomad when we talked about nomad land of the whole yeah i don't look forward to being the age that that movie's for when i'm like you know 65 70 watching a movie about that kind of stuff and it just hitting real hard because it's meant to yeah if bo if bo burnham's still making content when we're that old he's gonna just destroy me Oh boy, yeah. I mean, yeah, when we were doing the entire Oscars watch, it's like, man, if I, you, you could watch uh, Bo Burnham, Nomadland, and then The Father. Oh, God. And I would be terrified of every single stage of my life from here forward. <laughs> it's just like, we're fucked. Every, you're fucked no matter what. <laughs> it's like, goddamn, I'm almost 30, and it's it's all downhill from here. Did you, um, by chance, listen to the big picture talk about the special yeah i i loved 
uh, Sean Finnessy talking about how in the song Turning 30, it's like, yeah, he's got this song about turning 30 and how when you're turning 30, you feel like it's like this big thing and oh my God. And then when you're in your like 40s, you're like, fuck that. Turning 30 doesn't mean <laughs> jack shit. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just how you look at age, like birthdays at different times of your life. Like for me, the his th- turning 30 song, I'm like, I'm about to turn 27 and I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of how, that song is how I feel about turning 30. But then as you get older, you look back and go, well, that didn't mean anything. Like, who cares? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's just like the unfortunate nature of human mentality is uh, we only have so much RAM for looking forward and uh, everything's always going to look better in hindsight. Yeah. So I got to ask, what were some of your, because I won't limit it to one, what were some of your favorite songs? Uh well I think the obvious is Welcome to the Internet. Yes. I think that's that's uh if not the top of everyone's list it's up there. And I think uh you know the fact that it's the song that he uploaded to his own YouTube channel as uh, a method of advertisement I think that speaks to the nature of it. It's probably the most fun song in the special and like still says some pretty dark things especially like I said about growing up in the digital age but it's it's a very fun song. It it's definitely up there. I I have tried to narrow it down, <laughs> but well, I think "Welcome to the Internet" is my favorite. I have really come to like how the world works because my God, is it just brutally honest in how the world works? Um, but I also really like "Funny Feeling" because that's the one where that line comes from: the twenty thousand years of this, seven more to go. Uh, that one's very depressing. Just just as a disclaimer uh white woman instagram white woman's instagram has become one of my more favorite ones just because of how appropriate it is and then i love both the jeff bezos songs (laughs) (laughs) yeah especially Uh, especially the first one where the end of it is him just screaming (laughs) (laughs) yeah since the album has been released on spotify i've been going through phases as i'm working through the album where at first uh, my my repeat songs were "Welcome to the Internet," "Funny Feeling," and then both of the Jeff Bezos songs. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I moved to, uh, White Woman's Instagram and Facetime with my mom. And so now, currently, my my go to repeats are the opening song, content, and how the world works. <laughs> Daddy made you some. Daddy made some content, <laughs> or what? Yeah, Daddy Why made do- you your favorite open wide. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's very funny and it's very short. You get to the good parts immediately. I've I've also come on to shit because I'm like, oh Damn. yeah, <laughs> like, wake up in the morning. Okay, well I don't know if we can get canceled on a podcast, so I won't. <laughs> yeah, you're but gonna just like you're waking up though. and feeling like shit. Yeah, no, that's I feel that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fun shower song. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes, because I, I, I'm listening to that like shit that. all the time in the shower. I don't know if you can hear me. From the other side of the apartment, no. but I'm, I'm always singing in the shower. God, I mean, they're all good. That's the thing, because like even problematic is very good. If it's just like him going, yeah, uh, can't. That's his basically. I think diss on cancel culture, basically going like, yeah, I've done some fucked up shit, but we all do when we're younger. Like what? Yeah, and he's also got a line in there that says, "Is anyone gonna hold me accountable?" 
Yeah, but he's a white male, so no. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's so much, there's just so much he says about the world and how, like, I know there's the song How the World Works, but from a more micro level, uh, he also addresses a lot of things about how uh, how American society works. And it's just very raw and real. And I'm, I don't know too many older people. Like, I've tried to get my parents to watch it because I'm very interested in knowing what they think about it. And how, because I just don't think it would hit the same if you didn't grow up with the internet. Or you, if you had to, you know, because so much of it is about internet culture. And granted, it hits a lot of other stuff. But I, I I'm curious once. Yeah, my I would say have it's all it, it's all think. ingrained in that kind of mindset for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would I I want you to go back and watch at least make happy, um, and, because I could say that, uh, that kind of meta analysis is also like. Uh, a foundational aspect of Bo Burnham's humor, but Make Happy is more an analysis of content itself, where it's 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 a, a, a the the meta analysis of genres of music, for instance, or how stand up comedy works. But then here and in size, since it's a very personal experience, it becomes more the meta of living in 2021. Is that um, but, what? But uh, make happy is a little more separated. Is that what repeat that comes from? Uh, repeat stuff was an older stuff. song, but in that same vein, yes. Yeah. Um, like his his country music spoof comes from make happy. If you've heard uh, that, okay. I don't know that one. I saw repeat stuff and was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he's also got a song that's like, uh, I I don't think it's a spoof of like Katy Perry, but he has a line where like. If you take inspiration from Katy Perry's lyric, you should kill yourself. <laughs> now, are the other two specials as song-oriented as Inside is, or is there actual stand-up comedy in the other two? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say as song-oriented. They do play a very big part. Like, his, his comedy is always musical, but, like, Inside is almost entirely music, and his stuff isn't always like that. Um, like Make Happy, for instance, has songs, but he never released that as an album because he didn't think they stood as well on their own. Yeah. Uh, unlike what, which he did release independently as an album. So they're they're always there. He has songs. He has big numbers, but not quite like Inside. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll probably put one. I'll, I'll take a break from the anime uh, at some point and and watch one at night before I go to bed. Yeah, I can tell you, Make Happy is also a Netflix exclusive, and then What is actually up on his YouTube channel. Huh. Okay. Cool beans. So you've got easy avenues to watch both. But yeah, uh, go watch Inside if you haven't already, because it's great. Um, uh, yeah, I don't... What else is there to say about it? Yeah, there you go. It, it's not often anymore... Uh, with how many streaming services we have and how much original content is out there. It feels like Netflix originals kind of get swept away uh, where anything they make isn't quite so zeitgeist-defining as it was in the early days of Netflix. I would say in recent years we had Tiger King, and now we <laughs> have this. 
Tiger so King I think, only happened because uh, of the pandemic. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's special that you know in this moment, uh, it is kind of a defining thing. Where at least for our generation, I think it's pretty easy to walk up to somebody and say, "Have you seen this?" And they would have at least heard about it. So if you haven't, go ahead because yeah, it's really fucking good and it's a uh, it's a good conversation to have. Did that come out two weeks ago? Whew, was it that soon ago? It might. I have think been, it yeah. was uh the third. So two weeks from Thursday, I think, because it came out. To, it came out two weeks ago because I watched it, uh, the fifth Saturday. Saturday the fifth is when I watched it, and that was like the week it came out. I think because I, I only bring that up because it is no longer. I, I'm curious if it was ever in the top ten in the U.S. on Netflix. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because it is not question. currently, and looking at the top 10 on the U.S. is painful, and I should really stop. Because, <laughs> like, why the fuck is Coco Melon? Oh, I know why it is, but Coco oh, yeah, Melon is six, and I don't like that. Coco Melon is always in the top 10. You got three kitty things. You got Coco Melon, Home, and Wish Dragon. So... Yeah, gross. Yeah, there we go. Speaking, here's, right. one, here's one thing that before we go. Have you heard anything about Sweet Tooth? Uh, no. Only, only the Netflix has advertised it to me. Yeah, because it's two on the top ten. The number one is Manifest, but that, I don't know what the hell that is. But that's got two seasons. Is that a Netflix? Or, that's not a Netflix original, so I don't know what that is. Uh... It's a quirky, heartfelt fantasy TV show about a kid, I think, who looks like a fucking deer. Yeah, I have no interest. <laughs> Get out of my face, Netflix. Ew. Oh, God. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, one last piece of news, too. I'm going to just keep throwing in little pieces of news. Uh, we're getting more Castlevania. Oh, yeah, there was a spinoff announcement. Very exciting, with Richter. We kind of we called that, right? Uh... Yeah, I, I, I forget if I had named any specific descendant, but we we did suggest that uh, there there would be a follow up series with a descendant. Yeah. Which they, they were going to do more. Uh, it was going to be a descendant. They had to put out a correction that the the original post on the official Netflix account said that uh, Richter was the son of Trevor and Sypha. He is not. It is a several times great grandchild. Yeah, I saw that and went, I don't think that's right after we did nothing but look that up. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah, which, I mean, they could play with the con, the, the, the canon. That's fine. But uh, pretty funny that they had to put out that correction. Oh, I bet those Castlevania stands were not happy. <laughs> uh, but always happy for that. I hope it's got the same writers. And apparently it's going to be set the French oh. Revolution, which is weird and possibly anachronistic. Oh, I think I think it has the same writers because I saw after the announcement of it of someone who I could only assume was a part of the it might not have been the writer, but part of the production going, oh, we aren't we aren't done. We aren't going to be done anytime soon with making Castlevania content. I was like, Hell OK, yeah. I'm about that. I didn't click Good on shit. his name to see like what role he had in the production, but. That means they want to keep making shit, and that's fine by me, because it's awesome. Good. Castlevania is one of my favorite shows right now. Oh, yeah. 
It's because you don't watch right. anime, but you know. You're right. I, bro, I'm so fucking busy anymore. I, I, I don't have time. I don't have time, and I, wow, that's all I do. <laughs> well, I'm producing two podcasts, learning two instruments, and I got a full time job. Spoiler Chris is going to have a new podcast out soon. Uh, yeah, quote soon. And I can announce, because I don't give a fuck, I will do a solo special episode, uh, where I'm going to start doing uh, seasonal anime recaps, baby. So if you anime fans, who there might be one of you out there, and if there is, <laughs> you're going to get a special episode of just me, baby. It's going to be you don't, great. You don't have to do it alone. We I want to do friend. it alone. Okay, all right. You know why? Because the most shows this season that anyone else has probably watched is maybe five. And when I'm going to talk about, go reference 20-some shows... If you aren't ready for it, I don't want you there. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All right. Hayden's going to do a one-man show at some point. Also, just to experiment with that and see how that goes, because I have no idea. And if I think that it sucks ass, I won't release it. So there's that. <laughs> okay. So you might get it. Who knows? All right. Look forward to that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <guess. laughs> maybe. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. Good announcement. Good E3. <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's what we were talking about whoops okay so that's gonna be it this week uh if you are listening on apple Podcasts, give us a five star if you're listening literally anywhere else tell a friend uh look forward to more e3 coverage next week and uh yeah i think that'll do it if you write a review we will read it on the podcast <laughs> as long as it is appropriate so there's your incentive to leave a review on apple podcast Oh, yeah, and follow us on Twitter at obsession underscore pod. Uh, you can see our video game 3x3s from last week on there. We uh, tweet as sometimes. Well as our fast food tier list from the weeks prior. Uh, if you got beef with either of those things, please sound off in the comments, and I will personally insult you about it. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.